This colonial entertainment is brought to you by our mysterious British benefactors. We keep fighting so they don't have to. Thank you for your service. As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. On today's episode of Android's Dungeon, JJB, JAR. We're in the studio, baby. We're going to talk about some fallout, and maybe the fallout from shipping empires crumbling. Maybe some other stuff. Stay tuned. Welcome to CFRU 93.3 FM, broadcasting out of the University of Guelph, Guelph, Ontario campus. I am Jack. And I'm Joel. And this is Android's Dungeon, a show about many things. Uh, Games, mostly. Movies, music, uh, the weather. It's cold outside, Joel. Oh, my face hurts. What's that song that's really popular, uh, or at least it used to be popular, with the kids are listening to? Uh, I can't feel my face when I'm... Oh, The Weeknd. That's a great artist. Cocaine song. What? Yeah, it's all about coke. (laughs) Guess it makes sense. I hear cocaine does that to you. (laughs) I I wouldn't know. Or maybe it's about a girl. Wait, but I was—I remember having a conversation with Kayla about this, where it's like, I don't understand. <laughs> it's a hundred percent about cocaine. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's basically right. Yeah. Um, before we go any further, further, uh, this is the funding drive week. Two weeks. We uh, are raising money at CFRU for the mobile community radio, uh, which is a bus that drives around, and much like the magical school bus, it brings happiness and joy, and education about many issues um and i i think i've seen jenny once does she have miss frizzle hair i'm asking joel who's never seen her but we're gonna say yes um so you have the opportunity to call in email um send a carrier pigeon which i think are those extinct or am i crazy i'm sure there's some hobbyists out there that you know send messages to each other by carrier through towers uh, but we're going to have to look that up. Yeah, I'll have to look those up. Uh, Send us a tweet. Our carrier pigeon. <laughs> via carrier pigeon. <laughs> Android's Dungeon Radio, CFRU, something, something. So please donate some cash to us. How are we doing? Um, I'm going to assume we're we're not quite at 5,000 yet. I couldn't, I'm not totally are we, sure. Are we more or less successful than the Gulf bus transit the, system? The, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know how to answer that question. <laughs> I'm going to say we're more successful. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I like it. So you can donate. Uh, somebody was saying you can only donate in iterations of $25. I'm not sure if that's true or not. It seems to me that doesn't make any sense. Multiples but, of 25 Yeah, it's, it's, it's. I don't even know a game that lets you do that. That's it's, a rule. Yeah. Even like the most cutthroat 18xx has iterations of $1 if you feel that way. 
so every donation of $25 or more... We'll every put... little bit counts, except for if it's less than 25 <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because then it doesn't count to anything except making CFRU happy. <laughs> every donation of $25 or more will permit a donor to receive a CFRU mug, T-shirt, or toque. I didn't know that's how you spell it. T-O-Q-U-E. I always thought there was another U in there, but I could be crazy. Could throw in a U. And you'll be entered into a raffle draw. Yeah, that's all that's missing is you. <laughs> entered into a raffle draw of their choice. So the raffles are two crony passes for Kazoo, which sounds funny. I'm imagining it's like the the boss of Kazoo, which is kind of like this this stereotypical gangster. It's like you too can be one of his cronies, um, mm. shaking people down. Maybe not. Mondo Yoga 90 minute ocean float room session. Uh, hopefully it comes with a diving suit. What's, Otherwise you're gonna you be very to donate for that. These are uh, raffles, so twenty five dollars oh, or more. You can nice. enter into a raffle. Royal Cat Records and Effed Up curated. 3LP pack. I don't know if that's family friendly. Mm. If you're family friendly, maybe you don't want to get that one. Maybe you should do the 10C Community Hub. You know, this is the second time somebody's mentioned 10C. What is 10C? 10C is a thing. Do you know? Is I just thought you were like uh, part 10, section C. No, no, not at all. Um, somebody else invoked this. A community Hub. So I'm assuming it's some sort of location. Oh, that... 10 Carden. 10 Carden. Okay. Yeah. What is used, I think uh, the boardroom before they opened up did a couple uh, pop-up game events there. It's a yeah, it's a community hub exactly. It's just an open space. People oh, okay, so it's a, it's possibly a... for some all-day <laughs> mega civilization. If you, if you feel like shelling out four hundred dollars, apparently, which yeah. is anyway, two <laughs> passes to Hillside. There you go, folks. Hillside, um, July twelfth to fourteenth, Guelph Music Fender Bluetooth a Bluetooth speaker. Hey, now we're talking. $25 gift card to the U of G Hospitality Services. So basically, you're making your money back, folks, if you get that one. Uh, Great Lake Swimmers Discography and two tickets to a November 22nd show in Guelph. That's tomorrow. And the best part is... Wait the, a second. The, we're, we're, if we're not reaching five grand, that's great because that today? The, the less mm. people that donate, the more chances are that your donation will win. So in a sense, you want not many people to donate $25 or more. Just you. But if you want the station's mobile community radio which is the school bus that drives around to succeed, uh, you can donate. Um, there's also River Run Center and Majita tickets for uh, Boreal... Boreal's, Borealis. This just says Boreal. <laughs> Boreal song for a snowy season, which is a type of tree, I think, or forest. Boreal forest. Oh, yeah, those are cool. <clears throat> They're very pretty. Conversation with Dan Hill. I don't know who that is. You can win a conversation with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... Hello. It's me, Dan Hill. Congratulations. <laughs> you get to talk to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the middle of something, Dan. <laughs> Do you mind? <laughs> You're a winner. Pardon me? You're a winner. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you won't leave? <laughs> Honey, who's that man? Maybe he'll come on this show. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, Rain Hamilton, String Trio. Sounds nice. Uh, you can also win a conversation with Ian Thomas. <laughs> Hopefully you don't win both of those and then you have a really <laughs> awkward time. dinner. Yeah. Hope uh, they don't like each other. Megan Bonell, Bonnell, uh, and uh, uh, 10% off at Megida Borealis or the Woolly Pub on the day of each show. So, all right. Go. Anyway, this is all about the funding drive. So if you want to, call us at uh, 519-837-2378. Uh, go to the website www does anyone say like when's the last time you put www into a website by the way every browser is smart enough to know yeah 
that you don't need to do it. Yeah, it, it's an ancient thing, but whatever. You know what's fun is like if you want to specify secure like 443, HTTPS, you don't have to put the slashes in anymore. You just do colon and start typing in what you want to do. Okay. So that's a power user tip. Yeah. From, <laughs> Pro from tip Sean. from IT. <laughs> start posting. Save some. yourself uh, 0.02 seconds. Uh, so for tw- if you here's the thing, folks. If you donate twenty five dollars or more in the name in the honor of Android's Dungeon, Joel Bryant, JJB will provide other one more tip to you. I'll uh, perform naked too. Um. We, we, <laughs> Can we at least bump it up to fifty dollars? Okay, <laughs> Can we have some decency? Get, get our money's worth. Right. Per- by perform, he means he'll he'll help you program your <laughs> you can, network. You can win a conversation <laughs> with Joel Bryant. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's there's a naked man outside. Honey. <laughs> He's talking about tech. Uh, CFRU.ca/slash/donation/slash/donate, um, and you can also apparently hand deliver it to CFRU if you can navigate to where we are mm. in this labyrinth of a building, this this monument to brutalist architecture. Just take your take your cash, put it in an envelope, <laughs> <laughs> write Joel Bryant on it, and then Joel will take Chris it Kurt. to. <laughs> we'll take it to the people who need it the most. Absolutely, Your Honor. I never said I was. Do- anyway, uh, there we go. We got our spiel out of the way. It only took us ten minutes of our show. Jack does a great Southern lawyer. It's because it's fun to do. And I don't and know if it's great. It's just it comes fun to up do. in a lot of games, too, especially <laughs> when there's a dispute. <laughs> Your Honor. <laughs> Your Honor. Because <laughs> it's, you can just see. Oh, I never saw the meeple. <laughs> <laughs> it was neither here nor there. Can you prove that the Victory Point track was where it was before <laughs> it is now? Like I said. Anyway. There's going to be some negotiating this weekend because I think we can do a little bit of a before we jump into our usual thing. Mm. Um, it is one of the the hosts of Androids Dungeon. Um, it's it's someone's birthday coming up, Big and event. it's not me. So if you can use the process of elimination, could be a friend of the show though. Could be a friend of the show. Uh, but this weekend we have managed to sit down and schedule. Um, a game that, you know, it feels weird doing this on your birthday since <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's what you always wanted. Well, it's like, <laughs> well, it's, it's one of the epics that we've, I think as a, as a collective, yeah. um, wanted to, and the thing is, is that we're restricted to two epics. Let's face it. We've only played two epics. <clears throat> There's more out there, people. Yeah. We need, we as educators, as, um, <laughs> excuse me. Public figures, public figures, <laughs> need esteemed members to of play this society. game in order to spread the word. And it's not like so. Spoiler: It's called Here I Stand. Yep. It's a it was recently republished by GMT Games, although I'm pretty sure they've always had it. And it is a war gra- war game game set during the Wars of the Reformation, which is I think 1517 to 1555 or somewhere around there. Yeah. And uh, eat there. It's best played at six players, which makes it tricky right away. It's For some not reason, like t- looking it up, everything's coming up saying French religious wars. Really? 1550. Uh, but, you know, maybe that was another thing. I, maybe pop, just like pop, an aspect. More regional. Yeah. Because with all six players, there are... And I don't, I'm not going to jump into this too much because I guarantee we'll be talking about it for better or for worse uh, for next week's show. But six players, each one takes on a role of a major power during the the Reformation. Uh, you have the Protestants, you have the Catholics, you have the Ottomans, you have the Habsburgs, you have the French, and you have the English. Yeah. And then there are some minor powers floating around. And it's a mix. This is how I was trying to sell it to people. It's a mix between diplomacy, 
uh, and a mis- uh, mix between um, risk and what was the third one? Twilight Struggle, mm-hmm. um, because there's the way the car it's car driven war game. Yeah. So we are sitting down. We're going to give this a shot, and we're <laughs> going to ruin Joel's birthday. <laughs> and the problem with GMT games, I think, is that they're really unique. So. It, Everybody needs a point of reference to say, what kind of game am I playing? But really, it's nothing like any of them, really. I think it's fair to say is that no one going in there, including myself, has ever played anything quite like it. Yep. And this is, in case you haven't picked up on it, I haven't played it yet. Joel hasn't played it yet. And I've been, I think I've reread the rules four times. I've reread all the material. I'm trying my best to go in educated yep. about how to run this thing but it's, it's and everybody else is going to do the same everyone else is going to do the bare minimum and show up <laughs> i have a question yeah. um not related to here i stand but okay. i'm very excited for this weekend not not just for here i stand but also i'll give a shout out to are Lang- we shilling lancaster smokehouse in kitchener uh probably <clears throat> the best smokehouse i've had in ontario what was your okay? So I don't want to get too far away from Lancaster's right away, but you you specified Ontario. What what's outside of Ontario that you're going to put as higher on your smokehouse list? Good question. Uh, none. <laughs> but <laughs> I just want to hedge say, your bets. <laughs> I think I have. I think I'm an, an authority on Ontario yeah. because I've been everywhere, man. Yeah. I I looked at the parks in excluding the northern region, uh, Ontario parks, and I've not been to two of them. So I think it's safe to say that I've been to every region of Ontario and I've gotten a lot of barbecue okay. everywhere that I've gone. I'd say that Lancaster's <clears throat> still holds the... So you've got a unique... Number one. Android's Dungeon is a show about barbecue. Yeah. You've got a unique ability to... Because you get to travel over to a lot of places part of your job. Yep. And you get a per diem or dinner thing too. So that allows you to be a little more, I think... You're, you're not necessarily looking for... McDonald's. McDonald's. You can like. You can you say? Do you feel comfortable in, uh, saying how much you get a day to spend on a dinner? Yeah, sixty dollars. Sixty dollars. So right away you're into like for one person, sixty dollars on a meal lets you get some stuff. Yep. So barbecue typically, in my experience, is not the cheapest of meals. Like if you're going out, you're not saying, "Wow, what a reasonable price." It's <laughs> it's usually no. in middle to higher range because there's a lot of effort that goes into this stuff. Yeah, I did go to a Louisiana <clears throat> place. Uh, in uh, it was either Regina or Saskatoon. I think it was Regina, which probably could contest with Lancaster's. It was much more expensive. Really? Uh, but they had this really cool thing where they just, I guess, if you have a party of 12 or more, yeah. they were this really big table, and they'll lay out a bunch of newspaper, and they'll do like oh, a, a, a hot fry or something it's called, and they just have like a whole bunch of seafood in this giant pot, yeah. and the cook will just run out, and they'll be banging these pots, get everybody, get out of the way, get out of the way, and they'll take the giant pot, and they'll start pouring it at one end, and they'll walk all the way to one end to the other, and just pour all of this stuff all over your table, and then you just kind of pick at it, and... You know, I don't even like seafood, awesome. but that sounds good to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would pick at it. <laughs> and I saw it. I took a video, and it was really cool because I, I just happened to be there when somebody was doing it. Yeah. But I got, like, brisket and a couple other things, and it came to a lot of money, <sighs> but it was primo. But I'm really looking forward to this weekend because Lancaster's is So Lancaster's is just, if you're, if you're driving, it's, is it technically Kitchener or is it Waterloo? Yeah, it's just kind of on the border in so if you go past that that stone bridge that slows everything down and you swing a lefty <laughs> you are going at the roundabout you're you'll make your way past lancaster's it is delicious 
The food is incredible. Get the ribs. Always get the ribs. Always be ribbing. Yeah. ABR. And brisket, I'd say, too. Brisket's it's delicious. And after that, it's like... Cheesy it's up, grits. It's up to you. Yeah. Um, I, if you like collard greens, great. Everything <laughs> comes with the cornbread, so you can't go wrong with Great that. cornbread. Yep. Um, but it is busy. Do not expect to... It, mm. Unless the stars have aligned and uh, God's light has shone down on you, that you will walk in and sit down because it's just yep. packed. And you'll know why. And there's no, they don't take <clears throat> reservations on weekends for good reason. And when the meat's gone, it's gone. So don't come too late either. Yeah, yeah. That's another cool thing is it's like, it's not like you can run out of stuff, which yep. is neat. And the beer selection is very good. Yep. I have a question here uh, before we jump into our games. Um, from my brother's wife, what do you call it? Sister-in-law? Sure. Um, hey, Joel, I'm shopping for Jeremy. What is a must-own game he'd love? Any suggestions? Maybe something he could play with two players or more. <laughs> that is like the worst question in the world. <laughs> I, I, you know, just now I'm tasked with with knowing what my brother loves. All right. Well, it's, okay. So we can turn this into something. He's a big right fan here. of DC deck builder. Okay, so he deserves a swift kick to the ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so. But that does narrow things down. Yeah, Dominion. It's fine. Uh, I would actually, you know, it's funny because I just was talking about it today online with someone else. Road to El Dorado mm. is a Rainier Canizia game that came out a little while ago. And I think it was up for Spiel de Yars or uh, some other awards. Yep. Uh, and it is a deck building game. But And I think I've talked about it on the show a little while ago. But it's a deck builder. But it mixes kind of Dominion style. All the cards are available, but they aren't. Uh, and when one pile's gone, you get to choose which pile becomes active again uh, mm. out of the groups of them. And you have a board state, which I love. So you're moving explorers across these uh, little sections of territory. And you have to play cards. And you can either choose to use them as money or use them to move your explorers. So now you've got choices, which are always nice. Yep. And there's a race aspect. And it's colorful. And the boards are uh, modular. So if you want to... Different game every time if you felt like it. Sold. And it's inexpensive. Road to El inexpensive too. Yeah. It's it's difficult not to go wrong if somebody likes or is interested in the deck builders. So sounds good, man. Otherwise Azul. <laughs> yeah. It's just can't easy. go wrong with Azul really. Well, what would you have said? I what? don't know. Yeah, I'd have to think about it, but I'd probably throw something out of left field like Viticulture. Yeah. Something simple. It's so tough. Like you get these questions as like as soon as you say, "Oh, <clears throat> I'm I'm into board games. I really like board games." And every everyone has, I think, at least unless they've been burned horribly in the past. Like it seems like everyone else I know, <laughs> in my <laughs> circle of friends, yeah. at least there, there's usually an interest. And then they say, "Oh, okay, I like this." And then it's either um, you want to base your recommendation on some, "Oh, you should try this," yeah. or it's like somebody says, "Testing like you're, the waters." You're, yeah, testing the waters. And or your brother, for example, or your brother, your sister-in-law, saying, "What should I get him?" Well, what does he like? Okay, he likes this. And then the other thing she says, something that me and Carter can play with him. Well, there's a 12-year-old involved now. Yeah. You, know, you can't get too. Complex. He's getting older though. 12-year-old, you can. I'm pretty sure you can handle some stuff. Yeah. And, you can teach him valuable lessons about losing or <laughs> take that game. So. Yeah, bad. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into the meat, the meat and potatoes here. Joel, what have you been playing recently? Um, we've had this on the shelf for a little while, so we finally got it out. Um, it's part of a series which I guess Life Magazine likes um, and has recommended because of its educational Life aspect. Uh, yeah. I didn't even know that was still published. Right? Yeah. Um, but... Um, there is a series called Evolution. We have Evolution the Beginning. Is that the card game? Yeah. Yeah, mainly card. Little tiny bit of board aspect. But right. 
Um, it's part of a series of four or five games, which all focus around evolution. Um, so we, I think we bought it off Josh Nasso. Oh, I remember this game. Yeah, for 20 bucks or something, a couple games. I still haven't opened, like Chicago Express is still sealed. We but. should, we should definitely open that one up. It's a lot of people consider it like outstanding. Yeah, should be good. Um, so anyway, evolution, um, it's bordering on edutainment, right? It's, uh, it's definitely focusing on teaching kids how evolution happened or whatever and attributes and everything like that. But uh, as a game, it is incredibly simple, a little bit broken, but uh, overall fairly fun and simple. Would you endorse it? No. I'd give it uh, three uh, cracked eggs out of seven. So <laughs> is that something that you'd say if you went to, let's say, a board a board game cafe and you're like, how easy was it to pick up? Oh, yeah, really easy. Like, you, <clears throat> like definitely if I was having if I was struggling with some people that were losing interest or I weren't was worried about their attention spans, this would grab them. I think it's pretty it's crazy. Simple. I'll just I'll explain the game. real sure. quick. So on your turn, the same thing happens to each player. Uh, two food gets put into a watering hole in the middle that everybody can take. Then you get a new species. So it's just one of the cards, but face down. And then you draw three cards. And you can play those three cards in any of four ways. You can create a new species by putting another card down separately. You can increase the population of your species by putting a face down card on top of one you already have. Hmm. And you can look at the cards face up. And on the face up side are all these traits. Uh, so you can add traits to your species, which will either A, be defensive and make them harder to be eaten by carnivores, like, for example, burrowing or flight or speed. Um, or you can remove any of those traits if you want to add different ones. And your unlimited actions, once you run out of cards or once you decide you want to stop, you pass on to the next person. Uh, what I found was that becoming a carnivore First, like drawing the first carnivore card just makes you so much more powerful than everyone else because all of a sudden you're eating their cards <laughs> and just growing. Mm -hmm. And the only limitation mm -hmm. to a carnivore is, A, he can't eat any of the types that are out there, which is fairly unlikely because you're still drawing cards, um, or B, um, there's not enough food left to eat, in which case every, like your opponent is completely dead. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it just kind of became this thing of, uh, oh, I've got a carnivore. Well, I've got a carnivore and it's got more population and each carnivore needs to eat. So each carnivore eats. Okay. You made three things. I'm going to eat all three of those. And now you have nothing left. And it's huh. <laughs> kind of, um, I'm sure that with more than two players, it's a little, a little harder to just completely dominate, but I found that. Now, is there any randomness? So let, let's say <clears throat> I'm going to I roll a carnivore. And you and you look at it and you say, okay, well, it's time for my species to adapt. Yeah. And I get speedy. Like, is there any chance, like, you don't eat me? Or is it just guaranteed? It's like, as a carnivore, I get you. That's it. So carnivore's limitation is that they can't eat. They can only eat anything if they have the attribute that the defensive animal has. So if if you are an, an omnivore, or in this case, you're always an herbivore, I guess, mm -hmm. um, and you have burrowing, and the carnivore doesn't have burrowing, can't eat you. Okay. So there is... A way to avoid the carnivore um, but the thing is carnivore is just a trait that you draw just mm -hmm. like anything else so we're all drawing we're all drawing we're growing so you maybe get long necks so you can make your own food so you can consume more food but the game comes down to whoever eats the most food wins and a carnivore eats 
to food every time. <laughs> so it's just like, it's just a lot more, um, a lot more food consumed when you draw that card. And maybe there's, I don't know, 10 of those cards in the deck and mm. you play until the deck runs out. So <clears throat> it's just kind of luck of the draw. Interesting. It almost, it almost seems like something that uh, with a bit more, I, I guess it's not meant to be a serious heavy game though, but, but just a little bit more time spent I th- tweaking I think if you're getting somewhere there, it could be refined and be more interesting for sure. How many times have you played it though? Once? Just one time, yeah. All right. Well, maybe we <clears throat> play it more than once and we can try to start <laughs> fixing it after that. But still, it yeah. sounds like based on, you think it might be a two-player issue too? Could be. The rules do say that like, uh, uh, this is a... F- fun light game for your family except for two player two player it is very highly strategic and challenging game yeah whatever <laughs> it's like your opinion man yeah whatever what have you been playing lately i got to all right i'll start with the the one that we both played and i don't want to talk about it too much but i finally got to play container hey and i played it with joel last night and it was it was it was the dessert uh, after a delicious spaghetti meatballs dinner, and I I absolutely love it. it it's a f- wonderful little game. That's just I was trying trying to describe it to Garrett uh, today, yeah. and I was just saying what gets me is that it's all it's, it's all player driven in the sense of you do this, it's you price it, you decide where things are going. And if somebody comes to your place, it's because they they want what you're selling. Yeah. You either priced it right or you've got the right things. And when the auctions happen, it's all everybody wh- agrees on what they want to bid, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's no there's nothing there's no secret screw yous or anything like that. There's it's and I I think it's really refreshing to see it's it's player driven and but it's not overly determined like something like let's say it's already been brought up but something like a very stingy dry 1830 where it's like look I can see all the money you have I can see everything that's going on here this is I'm not mathing this out too hard I'm just trying not to lose money on these these mm-hmm. bids and whatever it I just loved it and. The components are lovely. The player boards are a little busy and dysfunctional as far as I'm concerned. But it's it's still... <laughs> not very pretty, which is funny because the rest of the stuff is so pretty. Well, it, that's the thing. It's like, the all right, so the ships are fine. The containers are fine. The machines are ugly. Like, they could have done something with the machines, but I guess when you're... The huts are featureless. The, the, but, like, that's all you... You don't need anything else, and yeah. I guess it, it does the work. But the player boards are just, like, the perspective's weird on some of the things on them the it's almost too busy and the the color sort of the um the scheme of it is often kind of like it's it's almost as if somebody's shining a giant flashlight on it so it's overlit (laughs) it's weird and it's it's far overproduced but it's lovely and i think it's going to be something that i I hope to get many many plays out of in the future yeah i think if you taught that to your family and they actually played yeah they'd play that again exactly and i think it's something that if you you get it out with a group and it's played, I'm not saying like every night it's got to be container night, but it's as soon as people know what they're doing, it can go pretty quickly. Yep. And it, it really, it, it, it's the most hilariously cliched phrase when you're trying to teach a game to somebody. It's not that complicated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it well, isn't you break though. it down to four moves, right? Like Exactly. Like... Even though there's like a couple weird things where it's like, all right, you can't produce twice in one turn. It's yep. like, who's going to do that anyway? What yep. sort of maniac is going to produce twice? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you just make, buy, buy, and sale. Yeah, yeah. And the sailing thing may be the fact that it's like, okay, open sea versus one of the other things. But either way, super simple, lovely. 
Um, if the game was priced more reasonably, I think everyone would. I would recommend everyone owning a copy. But I don't know if I would. It's yeah. a great game. You should get it. But I don't think it's it's fair to recommend somebody's dropping down one hundred and five dollar dues on a game that. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know if it's worth one hundred five dollar dues. But, uh, so anyway, that was a board game. I'm going to um, take a brief moment to shill um, a computer game that, in my the few moments of uh, time I have. I've been gravitating more to something I can turn off and pick up and turn on in a matter of minutes. And uh, I was attracted to something that came out around the Halloween season called Infliction. And apparently it was a Kickstarter game, which is crazy because it actually came out. And <laughs> it's uh, the best way to describe it is a mashup between um, uh, PT and Gone Home. And one of these games I love a lot and the other one I do not. And but Infliction has done a really good job of kind Took of all the good parts, mashing the the two together. And the board, the basic plot is that you've your your wife is supposedly at an airport, and she's left her tickets at home by accident. So you drive home, and in, the game starts in like two, early two thousands or something, or maybe nineteen ninety nine. And you're driving home, and you have to go find the plane tickets. And you go as soon as you get back to your house. It's all first person, and it's hyper detailed in the sense of you move around. And you interact with an object, and if you you click on it, all of a sudden it fills up the screen, and you can rotate it around and look at it. But everything is detailed and modeled exquisitely to the mm. point that you're just, oh, who are these people? Like I, I, the the time and effort that's gone into this is remarkable. And so many objects to interact with, but not like you're picking them up and throwing them around or something. But still, the fact that you can touch them and just kind of look at it. You move around, you're walking, you're turning on lights, and you have a little flash like turn on. Your house is kind of dark, and eventually, as things go on. Um, strange things start happening and you end up in this recursive loop where you're almost going back in time and you're being stalked by this ghost woman that if she catches you does terrible things and you have to restart the the loop again it's very spooky um it's a little unclear at times what you should be doing and i think it's very linear (laughs) but if if you can find it for a very inexpensive price i think you can get a couple spooks out of it as long as you give it a chance Uh, good sound design and gorgeous game just trying to find some plane tickets. Is your wife getting really impatient as all this terrible stuff is happening, or is it because you're going back in time and doesn't none of none of it matter? Well, I don't, I'm not going to go into spoilers too much, but um, it becomes irrelevant very quickly. <laughs> also, also, I don't want to pick this game apart too yeah. much, but who goes to the play, who goes to the airport with enough time to get home <laughs> and get their tickets? Well, no, she's just doing her own thing. Apparently, this is just you. Like, I guess the story you're just you're on your way home, or you get a phone call, or maybe you're working on the side or something, oh, or you're staying okay. at home. It, the the plane trip, I think, is her thing. But but like, she's the thing is, airlines can just reprint your tickets. You just come up with your ID. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I have, I've never left a ticket at home. <laughs> it seems to me like the if I I'm more likely to leave luggage at home than my ticket. <laughs> Like, this is not happening. All right, I'll, I'll 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 forgive the premise. Don't don't overthink it Focus because on that's more just like the spooky. It's just the setup. It's just the hook to get you yeah. into this 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 fun house. And the only issue is that I think there's very like zero replay value as far as I can tell. But a lot of these things, you know what? If you get like, if you get a couple hours out of it, congratulations. I think it's it's <laughs> they're they're AAA games that don't even have two hours worth of content in them. <laughs> so whatever. Um, Speaking of which, or maybe we'll. Well, let's let's we're gonna take a musical break, and yep. then we're gonna come back, and we're gonna jump into the nuclear wasteland that may or may not be the most recent Bethesda masterpiece. <laughs> so stay tuned.
Welcome back to CFRU 93.3 FM. What you just heard was, <clears throat> excuse me, Undenied from Portishead, from their album Portishead Classic. Uh, for some reason, I think somebody played something recently that sampled or used some of the Portishead uh, beats, which are samples themselves, I'm pretty sure. But anyway, just in the back of my head, fantastic album, outstanding, la la la, Android's Dungeon, CFRU 93.3 FM. Follow us on... Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Well, not really Facebook. Guelph Board Gaming Group is. Um, yep. You can interact with some Easiest of us. Easiest place to reach us. Uh, Twitter is uh, Androids Dungeon or AD Radio CFRU. Instagram is something very similar. I can never remember off the top of my head. And yep. you can shoot us an email at uh, Droid Dungeon Radio. Uh, Beware of phony podcasts. Yeah, you can check us out Phones on Anchor out too. Fakers. There's there's some fake podcast that only came up I think when I searched something else, but anyway, whatever. Don't don't believe the imitations, folks. This is this is the real deal. We're the original tribute 
Android Dungeon. <laughs> the original tribute to Android Dungeon. That's right. Joel, what game came out recently? Uh, we had a big release last week in the gaming world, or at least you know, for uh, for those that are fans of it or but fans of Bethesda, which has a massive following, basically because of Skyrim. I are guess. people actually fans of Bethesda, or are they just like? It's almost like um, it just happens, and it's like, okay, I'll give it a shot. I don't know. It seems to me that it, there's just a lot of people that <clears throat> keep playing Skyrim over and over again. Which, I have a friend that does that. Like, to relax, he'll just load up Skyrim. Like, <sighs> come here so I can choke the life out of you. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Uh, I played Skyrim for a solid hour, I think. That was it? Yeah, maybe two. I'm surprised. But um, I did play Fallout 4 quite a bit. Yeah. And Bethesda, I mean, New Vegas, obviously. Was that Bethesda back then, or was that well, somebody else? Well, we have to be careful, because Bethesda published it, and but Obsidian Entertainment developed it. So it was basically, they're just letting them use the license, but it's their own thing. But uh, speaking of Fallout... Uh, there's There's been a massive Fallout over the uh, land of Fallout. Uh, it is uh, a catastrophe. Uh, people hate Fallout 76, and uh, a twist no one could see coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean when we when we like it came out in E3 and everyone was like, "Oh, that looks really bad," but I hope it'll be good. And then it came out in beta, and people were like, "Man, this looks really bad," but hopefully, hopefully the full <laughs> release fix has it. <laughs> you know, fix some it. content at least. Like, forget about what was broken. They were concerned that there was nobody or nobody or nothing in the game, right? Hollow tapes is their solution to having no NPC. So you go around, you find dead people, and you listen to their recordings on, like, an audio cassette. Um, and this is the way that you'll get some sort of semblance of a plot. But th- even that, even in that, there's not actually any overarching plot. Like, you can, you can, what's the plot of, like, what is the guy trying to do in New Vegas? Well, that's it. There's so much stuff going on in New Vegas. It's like you have the NCR, New California Republic, trying to tame, like basically grab territory and rebuild what the old world. What was your personal goal? You the, were trying to find someone that the courier you? You were shot in the head and left for yeah. dead. So you're trying to track down the guy who did it and in the way end up in the middle of all these other factions all vying for yeah. control. And then I think in Fallout 3, you're trying to find your mother. Find your dad. Find your dad. Liam Neeson. <laughs> Where's my father? <laughs> you're trying to find your son. <laughs> and they say in Fallout 76, uh, you're trying to find the plot. <laughs> hey hey. That's brutal. Yeah, so... Uh, oh, man. Okay, so there's Try a downside. <laughs> uh, Wait, I've, no I've only heard positive so far. No plot, which is like as, as a sing... As a... You like they sold it as you could play it single player. There's just other people around. You don't it's have an, to interact with them. It's an online prequel. Yeah. Which is what everyone was demanding from Fallout. We need what everybody wanted. Yeah. So they wanted an MMO. Maybe they didn't do their research as far as what made WoW successful. Well, but they already have MMO. They have the Elder Scrolls Online, which I I don't know anyone who plays, (laughs) but apparently someone does. Well, maybe they wanted to take another stab at it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, criticism of the plot and the, the lack of content aside, I think the gameplay is also pretty stinky. As far as they say, uh, you can initiate PvP, like I told you, but you won't do any do damage to the person that you shot, but they get to do full damage in their first shot back, which is basically <clears> like, get out a sniper rifle and do 100% VATS damage to their head, and you'll lose 
three quarters of your health just at the beginning of the fight, and then good luck to you. Yeah. So what Joel's mentioned here is that the game is bizarrely has this like it has its cake and want to eat it too when it comes to PvP. And generally speaking, the way most people have handled PvP in the past is that either it's always enabled and you always keep your eyes in the back of your head, and maybe city guards are around or like the space police to stop you if you're in zones where it's against the law to do stuff like that. But yep. Fallout seems to be like okay, well you can it, you can do it anywhere, but if you want to start a fight with somebody, they have to agree to it, and then in the agreement they <laughs> they blow you half or like in, yeah. in the half. And Just the way the functionality, the way they designed it, is the dumbest. And it's somehow nuts. if you kill someone, then they have like a a vendetta against you, and they can. Tr- so it's like fights will never end. Yeah. And then you're, you're I think, I'm, I'm not sure if it's this game or a mix in with Red Dead, but I think it's also the fact that as soon as you start a fight with someone, you're considered a bandit or, yeah. or, a, or a raider or something, yeah. and that everyone else can see where you are, yeah. and they can hunt you down. And It is this game, yeah. And it's, okay, I guess I won't fight someone. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. exactly. But then they give you the functionality to nuke other people's bases. Yeah. So if you if you follow all the, the sort of quasi-plot points in the game you'll get little items and eventually you get enough items where you can build and launch your own nuclear missile which is pretty cool just except that if you launch more than two of them <laughs> you will crash the server and the game will stop working <laughs> yeah because there was a story going around where people launched three nukes simultaneously and it would you like to never would have imagined they would do that why would someone try to do something fun in a game like yes this? But that's the thing. Let's uh, let's not say it's a complete failure. I know that it's not doing very well in sales and the reviews are poor. But there is what they've done is they've attracted a new subgroup. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious where you're griefers. going. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, what what's saying is like people that love the Fallout series and were looking for Fallout, it's not for them. Yep. They hate it. They're the most vocal because they're the most disappointed. Yeah. But there is a large group of people who have jumped into the game just to mess around. Yeah. We, we what, define griefing. Uh, this is an and, this is a, a an Android uh, dungeon definition. Finding pleasure from the destruction of other people's enjoyment in games. Yeah, it's it's a trolling by another name. I think griefing yeah. typically is, is specifically related it involves to violence. Yeah, violence or like in Minecraft, you can grief by like wrecking people's houses, <laughs> or starting fires around them so the they city. can't escape. Yeah, so it's like you're using the game. I don't think hacking. I'd say hacking, griefing, they can be linked, but they they should be separated in terms of like what you're doing. But griefing is a time honored tradition. Yeah, beautiful. Well, seventy six. Sitting at 2.7 user score on Metacritic based on 2,600 ratings approximately. That's pretty bad. 50% rating on Metacritic um, From based critics? on the the journals, which is funny because... We talked about this last week. Yeah. How journals have to give a good rating because of all the free stuff they're getting. And well, it gets into the ethics of it. It's like, what's... Anyway. 50%. Is for a triple A game, especially a Fallout series, is yeah. that is a kiss of death. The highest profile game, probably, of the year so far. I'd say so. Um, which is a well, I guess Battlefield to talk too. about, which is you've probably heard already. But, about what? Um, Golden Joysticks Game of the Year 2018. Okay. 
God of War was a big contender. I know oh, I remember that. hearing about like the the stuff that was up for nomination. Red Dead Redemption Two yeah. came out, and it was ten years of work. Yeah. Beautiful game. Everybody loved it. Nobody had anything bad to say. Yeah. Who won? Uh, unknown game. Nobody likes. <laughs> I don't know. Joel is doing the Fortnite dance, which <laughs> which Jack does not recognize. <laughs> not in the sense of like I I understand what it is, but I actually don't recognize. You do it, and I just assume you're doing something stupid. I I saw a kid actually at the Christmas parade. He was standing up on like a power. Was box he doing the Fortnite dance? He was doing all the different Fortnite dances. And there's one like where he doing this kind of thing. Yeah. Joel's doing a lewd really gesture. <laughs> it's seeing a kid do this and he's probably seven. It's 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 a phenomenon. Game of the year 2018, Fortnite. Every day we stray further from God. <laughs> Forgive them, Lord. <laughs> Forgive them. They know not what they play. <laughs> I'm going to go play the War of the Reformation. <laughs> yeah. Try to forget about video game of the year. Video, well, look, we, nobody cares about award shows unless it's something that's got you prove your prove your bona fides. And yep. look, I'm going to like what are you what are you rewarding games on? Because some, let's go back to Red Dead for example. And I don't want to fall down too deep a hole here, but Red Dead is a gorgeous game. <laughs> Tons of like th- if you think about the effort and time and money that's gone into this game, <sighs> tremendous. Yeah, like uh, boggling. But I'd say the the little bit I played of it, I was thinking, I'm not having very much fun with this. It, it's mm. this cowboy simulator. It feels clunky. The inventory was annoying. It's like it, it's it's a it's a tremendous work in an entire sense. Yep. But for, if for someone like myself to just kind of grab a controller, I want to play, it's like I have zero interest in playing Red Dead Redemption Two. If you gave me a copy, I'd play it. But I'm not. It's like well, you're uh, not like Mark and paying ninety six <laughs> bucks out of the gate or something like. That. I don't know. Unbelievable. I'm sorry. It, that was the way. The way like I was like when we we were, we could get any gift, and I was like, I'm gonna get a, a Wii. Looks kind of cool. PlayStation Three, PlayStation Four, yeah, I can yeah. get any of these things. Yeah. But then every game on top of that is seventy five dollars. Yeah. It, it's 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 like this weird hidden cost thing that they nobody wants to talk about. Yeah. But this like consoles are more affordable now not in the long run. And also the fact that what's interesting is that I guess games have they're far cheaper than they used to be. If you actually put into inflation or you look at some of these old ads of what a Super Nintendo game cost back in the day. It was really bloody expensive, yeah. like shocking. Yeah. Now, I, so they are less expensive, but they've gotten so much more expensive to make. And the the consoles are just becoming tiny computers. We're going to be hearing about the PS5 coming out soon, I'm sure. Yep. What's, what's the future going to hold? I think seeing $100 for the game is going to become standard, I think, pretty big. Yep. And with inflation, too. I mean, yeah. It's just, it's nuts, but, yeah. That's why we steal games. <laughs> Infr- copyright infringe. I mean, purchase them off Steam. You know what? I haven't even. I'm trying to think of the last time I infringed copyright, and it's been a little while. It's it there's just nothing to even play. Dark Souls one. Dark Souls one. But now I think I've bought them all because they were all pretty cheap. There you go. Just like a game cafe, right? Try it before you buy it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I, like I mean, that. Super Nintendo games. You want to talk about ROMs? You get yeah. those 500 ROM packets. Woo. Good stuff. You talking about like a download or you? Yeah, you get the emulator and then you get something which like a 150 game package or something, you know, for free, Jack. Woo! The uh, one of the biggest ROM sites I think just got shut down recently, and the <sighs> Nintendo sued for 12.5 million dollars. Twelve and a half million. Which well, you see, don't make much money 
distributing things for free. You'd be surprised how much money some of these sites are making, oh, yeah? actually. So it's mm. I'm not my heart's not necessarily breaking. Like it is. I think it's super scummy to go after people selling ROMs or selling ROMs, allowing you to download these ROMs. Even though technically, I don't think they're actually breaking the law. You know, we have some old servers and firewalls over at work. I can pick up. Set up a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're doing this ourselves. <laughs> like what we. Just have like twelve ROMs that we we agree we like. And so. Yeah, we only do uh, Mario Adventures and Mario Kart and uh, Zelda Orc Battle, Ogre Battle, Ogre Battle. Yeah, sorry. Get it right. Come on, Joel. Speaking of fantasy monsters clashing with each other, Joel, you saw a flick recently in theaters that. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna poison the well right away. Has been getting extremely negative reviews. And is the sequel to everyone's favorite, you described as uh, Harry Potter Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Part 2, uh, The Grindelwalding. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Crimes of Grindelwald or something. I think mine was right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> He's back, folks. I don't even want to guess when he got <laughs> captured that he would escape. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, you know what? I didn't hate the first one. No, I, I found it charming. Came back and I thought, isn't this neat? All, isn't this little world they created inside of his briefcase neat? And all these little creatures that he's gone around the world and yeah. and uh, found, made a nice home for. Yeah. And it was. That's why I call it Harry Potter Pokemon. It's They, they came up with a whole bunch of fake animals. Yeah. Uh, just like Pokemon does. And they're all magical and they all have cool abilities. Yeah. Uh, just like the Pokemon do. And it's it's Harry Potter meets Pokemon. Yeah. And uh, the the thing I liked about the first one was there were a lot of cool beasts, and they all served a purpose. They all did something. Uh, the problem with the second one is somehow trying to tie in Harry Potter with the world of Newt's commander, whatever his name is, um, took over. Okay. So the so Harry Potter Pokemon two, uh, <laughs> in short summary, yeah. is not enough Fantastic Beasts and too many mediocre wizards. All right. So, you've I think you've nailed it. I haven't seen the movie, but your description is that it sounds like they forgot the face of their father. Yeah. They the <laughs> people came to this movie in spite of or maybe people like it's more Harry Potter. So this is what they were thinking. I'm imagining it's like. People, kids love Harry Potter. So if we put another Harry Potter movie out there, they're going to come no matter what. Young Dumbledore. Young D- Dumbledore. You remember Dumbledore? <laughs> yeah. Instead, they, it's like, we don't have to make a great movie. We can make a movie. It'll yeah. be fine. And the first one, I guess, it, it was fine. It was entertaining. and it, But it wasn't a good, like, I didn't care about the Harry Potter aspects. Of it. I found them pointless. Yeah, like, I didn't care, care about the plot. Which is funny because... Uh, I guess the entire second movie revolves around this kid who I guess oh, was God. really important in the first one. Oh, God. But I had forgotten he existed at well, all. Wait, how old is the movie? Two years? Like, what was yeah. like when it came out? So, it's not. Look, are you trying to tell me the movie revolves around a child? Yeah, well, more or less, I guess he's a teenager now. Yeah. Okay. Were the special effects good? Was it a short running time? No. It was boring. Uh, they just kept dropping names, you know, it's like, oh, uh, so the whole thing is like a mystery. Like, who am I? Who am I? Who is this kid? Everybody wants to know. Dumbledore wants, I think Dumbledore. No spoilers though, because maybe somebody listening to our show wants to know. Um, 
Grindelwald is just focusing all of his efforts on getting this kid yeah. and figuring out who he is, but I think he suspects something. But it's all like, is he... Uh, is he the chosen one? What's that? Uh, probably the best bad guy in, in the Harry Potter ones, the girl who... The girl. Uh, uh, she's like a total psychopath. And yeah, she yeah. Kills I don't know the name of. It's, uh, what's Lestrange. Her Beatrix Lestrange, but you know she's like the Tim Burton's wife. Tim Burton's <laughs> wife, exactly. <laughs> and she's great. She's nuts and does a lot of crazy. She always stuff does a good and, job. She, yeah, she's Helena Bonham Carter. That's it. Yes, Helena. So the whole thing is, oh, she's a he's a he's he's a, dis, a direct descendant of of the Lestrange family, which is oh, okay. a pure blood family and la di da. Remember Lestrange? Yeah, remember? remember the Lestranges? I remember the Dumbledore family, <laughs> they're a thing. Uh, you know, and it's it's just all this like they didn't tie in Voldemort because obviously he's like later or whatever, whatever. Well you gotta wait, you gotta really like the series is a hit and everyone wants Say it. Say it Say my name. And then they don't so it's like oh you, I'm gonna have to come next time to watch the third movie and see what you. If but here's the other out. thing: I, I, I would have tolerated the movie if there was some closure and this was it. But obviously, they just drop on a cliffhanger where they reveal something, yeah. and they're like, "Yeah, and we'll see what happens next time." But in the trailer, Dumbledore is fighting with Grindelwald because it's like this famous <laughs> fight that happened back in the day that's in all the history books when you okay. read the other books. What are you about to say, Joel? Didn't happen. <laughs> Hold on. Do you mean it didn't happen as in, like, they didn't have time? Or no, it was next like... movie. <laughs> Are you joking? Next movie, yeah. It's coming up. <laughs> you know it's coming eventually because they got to do a thing and then they can fight. Hold on. They had it in the trailer, but they don't have it in this movie? Yeah. They can't fight yet, Jack. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. You know why? Because they got to make another movie. Yeah. Got to stretch those dollars. But, yeah, I will honestly, like, my own feelings aside... The movie is called Fantastic Beasts. There were probably, at most, ten minutes of beasts in the in the entire movie. So they they hundred percent just lost the thread, and they they took for granted the first one worked, and they thought they'd get away with just doing a more by the book Harry Potter type film, and it sounds like they screwed up, which is disappointing. Do you consider yourself a Harry Potter fan? Um, I like the books, yeah, decently. Mm, yeah. It's really you can say it's like they're they're entertaining. The first movie was was fun as a kid. Yeah, great. All right, but here's the other thing too: is that are we at risk of um, not being nice, <laughs> being cynical <laughs> to a movie that's for children, or does this feel like it's a movie that it's like if you're if you're <laughs> I'm gonna be mean here if you are <laughs> 28 years old <laughs> and perhaps you have an unhealthy attachment to a series written for children. Yeah, I don't know. The saving the the saving grace of the first one was that it was light and fun. Yeah. This one is not. This is dark and heavy and trying to unravel. Oof, trying to ra- unravel a mystery that nobody cares about. The worst sin ever is making. Mystery. So I don't think kids would like it either. I'm just gonna go out on a limb here. The inner child in me is going to say that if I sat down a 10-year-old that had never heard of Harry Potter and said, watch this movie, they would absolutely hate it. Interesting. So <laughs> what what do you give it out of uh, how many Fantastic Beasts that are left hanging in the wind <laughs> do you um, give this? Well, one of the best things is probably the little things that steal. You know, the little Ador- moles. Everyone loved the, the greedy stuff. moles. <laughs> greedy moles. So I'll give it uh, the three greedy moles, which is how many were in the movie. Out of uh, 20. Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) 
There you have it, folks. Atrocious. Yeah. There's a family of greedy moles now. It's not just the one. Oh, it's kind of cute. It's adorable. Which I was like, cool. And then, you then know, they're you gone. never saw them again for the rest of the film. <laughs> Mem- remember the moles? These exist. Or the, the like, they're kind of platypi or something. Too. Yeah, yeah. Which is my favorite animal, by the way. Is it a mammal? Is it a... Nobody knows. Oh, whatever. It's um, got like a little poison thing on the back of its heel. Yeah, it, no it's one crazy. Knows why. <laughs> and it lays eggs. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely it's madness. Be. Nobody could figure out what was going on with the, <laughs> the platypus. So many things. So in the dying moments of our show, um, I'm going to first put out a big thank you to Karen and Chloe in merry old England for their generous donation to <clears throat> the CFRU funding drive about raising your voice. And where are they? England. London, England. I don't know if it's London, actually. And you you had some kind of clip from uh, from Starship Troopers? Wasn't it? Well, the music was from Starship Troopers because it was what I was thinking. And maybe... F- Perfect because, you know, it's like, I'm doing my part. Doing my part. Oh, I want to watch Starship Troopers again. <laughs> Perfectly applies to her doing her part. Yeah, yeah. It... The part is um, giving money, giving money, taking your money and giving it to CFRU uh, out of the goodness of your heart. Which means that CFRU has listeners in England. Yeah, it's so pretty we, cool. Android Dungeon has an international audience. I just want to point that out. Yeah, we're glo- we're known globally. <laughs> Global, uh, loved internationally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really big in Minneapolis. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, so. Before I forget, there's a Coen Brothers movie on Netflix. Is it a full movie, or do they just do one segment? It looks cool. I think it's a bunch of vignettes. But do they do do they direct all of them, or do they just direct one? I don't know. Anyway, check it out. It's something about Colton Briggs. The or... ballad of shooby-doo-bop-bop-boop-bop. Look it up. Um, go to CFRU.ca if you want to donate. Um, you can do that. You can also e-transfer to Joe. E transfer to <laughs> Joel's personal email address. We'll read that on the air so internationally yeah. we can hear it. Um, but aside from that, if you feel like uh, helping out the mobile community radio show, you can donate. Yep. And if you don't, then good yeah. on you. You've got other things to do with your money, apparently. Give it to me. Joel could use that money. <laughs> He's wearing steel toe boots that look great. So. Insulate. Right some thin Stanley Thinsley. My toes are nice and warm, and it's winter. It is bloody cold outside. It is just, and it's not even, it's not even December. Yeah, it was a December twentieth that winter actually starts. Is that really when it starts? Something crazy like that. Like we're in mid-fall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jack. I'm Joel. Thanks for listening. <laughs>